0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Android Central Podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here, and I've got my lovely guest with me, Jerry Hildenbrand. Hello, good sir. Howdy. How you doing?
1: Uh, I'm here. (laughs) How are you?
0: Okay. I'm uh, I'm doing good. It's chilly, but I'm doing good. Um, I've got Andrew Myrick. Hi. Hi. (laughs) And I've got Derek Lee with us. Hello, hello
2: hello everyone
0: okay so we've got a lot of uh pretty much all of our topics today are like all over the place which is always so much fun for me to to do um but i want to start off with a a very honestly this was probably like one of my favorite articles uh i, I mean all of our articles are my favorite articles duh but mm-hmm. this is a this is this has to be one of my favorite articles this past week um and unfortunately, the person who wrote it is not he's he's on vacation. God damn you, Nick. But um he wrote this fantastic article called I watched researchers use a MetaQuest Pro to solve the pandemic and Essentially, what the article is about is he spoke to a, a company that uses, um, the Meta, the Quest Pro rather, uh, to give sort of a more real life scenario case as to how, uh, you know, a, a, a headset like this can actually help and be used in, uh, a real world scenario. Uh, and so essentially what this company does is, um, they deal with, um, the medical industry. The company's called Nanomi. I think that's how you say it. Um, and and yeah, I just, I love it. It's so cool. They talk about how, um, you know, they're, they're researchers uh, to experiment with intricate molecules to make better pharmaceuticals to help the world, um, which I just, oh my God, it just blows my mind. And being able to talk to someone and actually make people understand what the metaverse is can really do and, and help with something like a real world scenario is really cool. So what are your thoughts on this? Do you guys, you know, we talk about VR headsets more on the gaming side of things, but this is the type of thing that I'm super interested in. So uh, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, it's good for learning purposes. I don't know how I feel about using a VR headset to do the actual work. The research and, uh, you know, you have to learn about this stuff. I I don't mean like a student. I mean, even the best biochemist in the world needs to learn about a thing before they do it. That's a great way to do it. I just don't know if I want to trust a software algorithm instead of somebody's judgment
3: Mm -hmm.
1: when it comes to actually doing it.
0: Right. So let me just explain, uh, once again, because maybe it wasn't clear. I mean, I'm sure you guys understood it, but, uh, Nanomi lets researchers get a clearer view of the actual molecular structure because it allows them to actually perceive the depth and complexity that these models hold. Few tools are as precise as a pair of human eyes and hands, especially when it comes to studying something with a human brain. Uh, so, that's I, I just I read that from Nick's article. But yeah, I mean I would agree with you, Jerry. I think it's and we talked about this in a couple of weeks ago about the incident that you had with your Galaxy Watch, um, not really reading what was going on with your health, right? And it's like
1: Right. In case you're not sure, before VR came along, this was still kind of the way they did it, except they used a flat computer monitor and 3D modeling software where you could only inspect what they were looking at if you turned it with your mouse. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, it was still a 3d view, but this is a much better way to look at it because it actually seems 3d. You can see more than one flat side. So this is good for the learning part. It's really good.
0: Yeah. No. And again, I mean, I think because it's, we related it to, and, and obviously this is not Nick's fault because he, was able to do this interview, but I think it would be different also if it was a different industry. Right. I mean, the feeling would be different. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: We we would feel different, but you know, it really wouldn't be any different.
0: No. And I I was, as I was saying that I kind of thought of that too, because it's like, would you want a computer to build your house uh, as opposed to a human being building a house? Because there's more, Uh, there's like a clear understanding, like you can physically feel it. You're not relying everything on uh, a machine, uh, a computer to build your house because there could be a screw screw that it missed or or a beam that that was required to be put in and only a human eye can detect that, right?
2: That would be a great show for like HGTV or something. (laughs) Hey, I built my house.
0: (laughs) Actually, yeah. And then it's like different houses that like,
2: yeah, like, like they, just, they just tell the AI, like, this is, these are the things that I want, and then just watch it kind of, like, build the house and, like, <laughs> see how it comes out. That'd be interesting. I'm coining, I'm coining this. <laughs> uh,
0: what's that? What's the TM? What is it? No, uh, patent it? You're going to
2: patent yeah, um, it? And- um, yeah. <laughs> so copyright, whatever. Well, all copyright, that
0: whatever you call it. <laughs> uh, call me oh HGTV. Gosh. Call me HG, HGTV if they're listening. <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the article. And if you haven't read it, please go and read it. Um, it was very well written. And
2: uh, I will say, too, that the whole thing kind of reminds, like, it, it just makes me think of, like, Avengers or something. Like, you know, I, I think there was a scene with, like, Iron Man kind of like, th- I think this was, like, Age of Ultron or something where he was, like, adding all these things to, like, Jarvis and, like, all all this, like, a vr sort of like stuff that he's like moving with his hands you know kind of like that movie magic stuff That that's kind of what the, the article reminded me of like just playing with all these like scientific vr things but like mm. making like a real world like stuff from it
0: mm. yeah no i i i can see that that's definitely um I mean, I wasn't thinking Avengers, but... (laughs) That was just, like,
2: the first thing that came into my head, because it's so, so like, I don't know, just, like, this whole idea. kind of thing? Yeah, it's so, like, futuristic, like, sci-fi, but, like, you know, it's kind of, it's the here and now, so... Yeah, no. Yeah.
0: I fully agree. Okay, I want to talk about... um another really oh fantastic article uh so jerry wrote this uh over the weekend
1: then it wasn't fantastic
0: it was fantastic well if I what it. happened to what happened wasn't fantastic but the article itself was fantastic uh so the article is titled i told google about an app with the most disruptive ads i've ever seen and was told to fix it myself okay so um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Jerry, I'm going to let you, um, explain what made you write this story and also what happened, because I think, I think it's very, it's good if we hear it from you.
3: <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, I wrote a story last week, some weeks, whenever about how I was just sick of how abusive ads have gotten in free apps. And I just was done with that old mess. And a couple people have sent me things, you know, like I agree and check this out. So I was looking at a couple of them and I stumbled on this freaking free game and you get stuck in an ad loop. I mean, I got like 18 ads in a row. And every time at the end of the ad, you'd press to go back to the game and it would just load you into another ad and then eventually you'd get back to the game. So I had to say something about it and just because I thought it would be extra fun, I I tagged Google Play. I said something on Twitter.
0: Here, I'll I'll actually read your tweet. You said someone told me about a free game with the most abusive ads ever. It's called Home Pin Two, and you should never install it at Google Play. Should probably do something about this.
1: Yeah, I I figure you know I, I'm I I don't blame Google for that. There's like a billion developers out there and. A lot of them try to skirt the rules, and Google will never catch them all. So I figured, well, this one got by. Google would be really interested in seeing how this operates. And they would want to tell this company, hey, fix your stuff or you're out. And instead, I got a reply uh, telling me to contact a developer to resolve it.
0: And Here, I'm like, let me, let me read that tweet as well. So Google Play rep- responded with, that doesn't sound good, Jerry. If you're seeing inappropriate slash excessive pop-ups and ads, please report this to the developer as these aren't managed by Google Play. Find the app in Play Store and share your feedback as a review for the app. And then they link yeah. the, the thing. And I, oh my God. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, and I, I'm, I'm not against communicating with developers. I do it all the time. Uh, and not always good things. But this this is Google's thing. There's a, a, a written policy that says you can't do this that a developer has to agree to to be able to use Google Play. I know I have a developer's account. I used to have plenty of apps in Google Play and I had to agree not to do this kind of stuff. Uh, and supposedly, if I do it anyway, my apps get pulled. That's mm-hmm. why I figured I'd say something about it. Uh, and that response was just, I don't know tone deaf that's mm-hmm. and, and you know I'm I like I said I I don't blame Google for this and and I don't blame the person on social media that was not some guy who sits in the corner office and makes these decisions that was somebody stuck man in the Google Play gr- Twitter account and probably isn't up to snuff on all the little rules and regulations but that doesn't matter they're the face of Google Play at that moment and you know, a better response I thought would have been "Thanks for alerting us. We're investigating." That means yeah. nothing, but it's still better than telling me, "Well, contact them and tell them, try to get it fixed yourself." Because I'm not gonna. I just installed that garbage.
0: Well, it it it's a hundred percent clear that this person, whoever was operating that Twitter account, wasn't thinking. Because, you know, I've even seen like government accounts, uh, like for one tweet to go through, they will vet it between like 10 different people. Um, I mean, I think that's very excessive. uh, But that being said, um, no, and I agree with you. Like you're the face of a company. You shouldn't be um, saying whatever you want to say on Twitter. Um, You need to think. And I kind of want to bring up the story that I wrote, which we're not going to talk about it today, but I wrote an article about how I get chastised for tweeting from an iPhone, um, and and really we shouldn't be doing that. But one of the things that I wrote in my article about was how PR companies should be very aware of that. And this kind of reminds me of that as well. Like, if you're the face of a company, if you work for a specific company, you need to be aware of these things. Like, if you're Google and you're tweeting from an iPhone about a, a Pixel Seven deal, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, are you like? not thinking about tweeting.
1: You know, we're going to talk about that article for a minute because uh, I actually absolutely disagree with you. I think it's just fine. Google will buy its employees, you know, mm-hmm. a, an iPhone.
0: Oh uh, no. And that's uh, fine. A, a, a you different can... way to
1: think about it is there's only one company in the world that makes you use their own equipment for work and your social media posting. And that's Apple, which is right. A company like Microsoft or Facebook or Google, that lets you use whatever you want or a company like Apple that forces you to use the product made by the company you work for?
0: I don't think that you should be forced to use a phone. Uh, and I, I did not say that at all in my article either. I think that you should use both phones, but I think if you are Google, the main Google account, I don't think you should be tweeting with an iPhone. You should be tweeting with your, with your phone. But That's besides the point. The point is, is that you need to, if you're a company, you should be aware to get a response like that for your uh, tweet, Jerry, was just baffling to me. It really was. Yeah,
1: that's that's kind of I mean, why I wrote it, I didn't. I mean, yeah, that company that made that game, I hope they, you know, somebody like Elon Musk buys their company. That's that's (laughs) what I hope for them. You don't release stuff like that on on regular people because it's crap. But I just was more, you know, you can't just, you can't say that because even if you're not the person making the decisions at that moment in time, you're the face of that person.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. You are. Uh, Okay. Well, I mean, you know, moving on to my next article, uh, which was written by the very Smart and intelligent Andrew Myrick. Who uh, he wrote an article. Yes, the the one. <laughs> uh, he wrote an article titled "Why I'm Done with the iPad." Now, this one is a bit old. It was. It's about almost two weeks old, but it's been doing really well on our site, and there's a very good reason for that because Andrew has some very smart points to make, but one of the main things that he, that he comes right off the bat is that this idea that he's so soured on the current state of tech. And I know that you've talked about this feeling, um, in the past on the podcast, Andrew, but I, I want you to explain to me what it is about the iPad that you're done with, but also like what makes you feel, cause you know, also you do have a lot of Apple devices. You, you also have the Apple, the new ultra watch, right? Like you have, uh, the, the 14 pro max um you've got like almost everything and it's just like it's you're aware of of the ecosystem but yet you feel like you want to give up the ipad
3: yeah a lot of it has to do with, with with the software side of things um ipad os 16 was supposed to be this you know speaking as as an apple fan boy you know, this is supposed to be the, the desktop-like interface that iPad users have been, iPad Pro users have been wanting because until Stage Manager arrived, all you had was the ability to split two windows and then have, um, I forget what it's called off the top of my head, slide over.
0: Slide over, yeah. For,
3: yeah, slide over for a third window for for apps. But, you know, when you do what we do... Most of the time I'm not, I'm working, like I'm staring at a monitor right now and I have seven, eight, nine different windows open right now, which of course isn't, you know, on a 12.9 inch screen isn't conducive. I'm working, I'm looking at a 34 inch ultra wide at the moment, but having more than just two apps open at a time is important for what I do on a daily basis. And Samsung has this already with Dex mode on the tab S8 and all of its tablets and the fold Four. if you. Use decks with a external display or, you know, you can cast it to or use Miracast on a TV or whatever. But regardless of that, it's iPadOS 16 from the first developer beta has been nothing but problems. It, there's been so mm-hmm. many bugs and it just feels like Apple needed to have a headlining feature for this year because the iPhone got, you know, customizable lock screens. and the dynamic Island on the 14 pro and the Apple watch ultra. And there's really not much to write home about in terms of performance gains between the M one and the M two iPads. So this was supposed to be it. And it's just not, and I'm just, I'm kind of over companies, not just specific to Apple, but companies over promising and under delivering year in and year out. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm done waiting for Apple to do what it should have done three or four years ago.
0: Mm, I have a question for you, which is that, do you think the average Apple iPad user cares about this feature? Because I know you do, and obviously you do it for work. And also just in general, you are a techie. You like, um, you know, you like these kind of features, but I'm, I'm wondering if the average user um, cares.
3: I don't think the average user cares, but it, the average user isn't buying an iPad Pro either. Mm-hmm. the average user is going to go buy the cheapest the the cheapest iPad that doesn't have a a name it's just iPad for like 279 or 319 whatever the heck it's cost whatever it's priced at now and they're going to just use an iPad like a regular tablet but like power users this is the kind of stuff that we want and the iPad Pro is supposed to be a pro device and it's not being a pro device it's just still feels like an exploded iPhone, like a larger iPhone, like there's, don't get me wrong. There's a lot you can do with, I like, I'm not going to sell it. I'm just not going to buy another one because like I can plug it into my MacBook and get a second display, you know, use, um, I forget what the features call where if you connect the two, like a Mac with the iPad, you can mouse over without actually using sidecar Mm -hmm. for the second screen. Like there's stuff that's cool about it. But in terms of using it as, like, a daily device, I'm just going to start, I've started already using, you know, one of the myriad of Chromebooks that I have when I need to get work done away from my desk.
2: You know, it's interesting that you say that um, it just, it feels like an exploded iPhone or whatever, or an iPod, um, because that's something that I think I, like, I've never used an iPod myself, but um, just kind of from what I've seen and heard, like, that's kind of been like that's that's what i've always felt about the i the ipad like since its inception and you know years later now that we have like you know the ipad pros and whatnot like it's so interesting that that's still how like how people feel about it
1: i and and, you know it's pro for power users no it's not it's just an ipad right (laughs) uh If if you you want to go a keyboard, so does a MacBook Air, which is cheaper than an iPad Pro and the keyboard and the second screen and all that other nonsense you just rattled off. Uh, You could buy a, a Mac mini and a Lenovo monitor and the best keyboard you can buy cheaper than that iPad Pro and keyboard and second screen. And it's it's a marketing ploy. It's just an iPad. It is just a bigger phone android tablets are the same way they're a bigger screen for people who want a bigger screen experience they that you don't discount that that's a valid reason to want yeah, one it's
2: still very much a mobile operating system yeah just, you tagging know.
1: the pro name on it i yeah i just
2: don't yeah you need all the other peripherals and things to make it a pro device um but even that is like you know how pro does it get like You know, you're still paying all this money for all these different things to try to make it feel more professional when you could, you know, like Jerry said, just buy something that actually is, you know, like an actual computing operating system.
1: Yeah. I mean, Andrew, you you know that for the price you paid for your iPad, iPad, iPad Pro and all this stuff to go with it, you could have bought. A regular iPad and a MacBook Air.
3: I, I know. I, I so I, I'm not. Do, I'm Pro not really isn't, that.
1: But I I just don't see the appeal for a, a productivity device because it's a not a very good productivity device.
0: So Andrew, why did you get the iPad Pro? Just out I, of curiosity. I mean, I'm a
3: sucker.
1: No, that's not an answer. No, likes to spend money on things.
3: There's no that. That's not it either. It, I got the iPad pro one cause it had the M one chip and the M one chip is phenomenal. And in my head, just like a lot, I'm sure there are plenty of other examples from people in our space, even on the Apple, like specifically on the Apple side that expected Apple to give, to turn the iPad into something more than what it is now. But here we are a year later since the M1 was released. Plus something else to point out, and this is really minor and really trivial to to some people, but this display is probably my second favorite display behind the Pro Display X or the the screen that I have on my 16-inch MacBook Pro from last year. It's just everything looks, especially when you're watching like HDR content, it looks beautiful. Yes, there's blooming. I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. It shouldn't be there, but it doesn't bother me. It's just whatever. But I got it because I wanted it to. I I, I fell for the trap of Apple's going to do this. I believe Apple will do this because it doesn't make sense otherwise. And they've just continued to disappoint me and fall flat between the iPad and the iPhone and the Mac. You have all this incredible hardware, and they just can't execute on software. No wonder there's they're losing major high up employees left and right. Like yeah, mm. they're still. Jaws is still there, and Craig Federighi is still there, and obviously Tim Cook is still at the helm, but if you look through the last six months, tons of people have been leaving Apple to go elsewhere. Why? Mm. They're not doing what they're promising you, and they're not even like... I don't want to go so far as to say that they're not innovating, but they're not. To me... It doesn't feel like they're innovating from a software or hardware. Sorry, Dynamic Island's not a hardware innovation. It's just mm. the notch in a diff- that looks like a pill. That's yeah, the only difference.
1: Now that's an answer.
3: Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. That was a fantastic answer. But I want to push it a little further. So you said in your article, and you kind of alluded to this earlier. Um, and I'm going to read this part of your article. If Apple really wants to fix iPad OS and being true multitasking. Uh, and bring, sorry, and bring true multitasking capabilities to its users, it needs to look no further than Samsung. The Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra with its massive laptop-like screen can transform from a boring Android tablet into an, an, into a usable portable workstation thanks to Samsung DeX. Uh, So yeah, you mentioned Samsung DeX, but the question that I have for you is, do you think Apple, okay, uh, obviously you're very uh, angry at Apple and many other companies who have not been innovating, but do you think that they could actually be successful by implementing Dex? And why do you think they haven't done so yet?
3: No, they're never going to do it. And no, they wouldn't be successful in doing so because they would screw it up somehow. They would I have do- some type of bullshit, cockamamie, <laughs> fake, <laughs> like God, you're self-imposed, self-imposed limitation to just like they tried to do with stage manager when they first announced ipad os 16 they tried saying that it wouldn't work on older hardware it was limited to m1 only m1 ipads only everybody found out that they were full of it so that they so then they backtracked and now it's open to more i don't remember the list but or the processors but it's open to more ipads but then they still have self-imposed limitations for the number of app windows that can be open when you're using plugging into an external display, despite the fact that this $1,100 – mine's more than that because I have more storage. This $1,100 iPad Pro has Thunderbolt 4 in it. So why is it that when I plug into a Thunderbolt monitor, it just screen mirrors with black boxes on the side? What the hell is that?
0: Oh, God. This is why we love you.
1: (laughs) When you said they'll never do it, you're, you're absolutely right. I disagree that they couldn't do it without screwing it up. It sounds like a relatively easy ask, but that cuts into sales of other products once you start doing that.
3: And and like that's ultimate. That's ultimately the thing. If I wanted an iPad, if I wanted an ultra portable device, I'm not talking about getting a Chromebook or the Tab S8 Ultra. From who? Myself. If I wanted an ultra portable device to work from wherever. I should have bought a MacBook. The problem with a MacBook is that it doesn't have LTE or 5G, whatever. Okay. That is the device that I should have bought instead of an iPad. Now I don't get all the same extra quote unquote features such as sidecar and all that other BS with getting a MacBook Air over an iPad Pro. I it also is a different experience because I can't take the, the screen off a of MacBook Air and go sit on my couch, watch a watch. The Thursday night football game, while my wife is watching whatever she's streaming movie she wants to feel like watching that night, and I'll also always want to have the MacBook, the lap, the 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 book part sitting on my lap. Sometimes I just want to prop it up against my leg, and that's where an iPad comes in. And now it's been just, I've been just using my Fold Four for that whenever whenever that happens. I'll have my iPhone because that's where my SIM card is, and then I'll use my my Fold Four as my couch tablet.
1: But see, Apple would like you to buy both, so you could use the iPad when you want a tablet and the MacBook Air when you want an ultralight uh, laptop. And that's why you'll never have a MacBook Air that folds over with a tablet interface, and that's why you'll never have a iPad Pro that can mirror out with a more desktop-style, you know, operating system.
3: I'm sure. I'm sure Rubino and. Uh... And uh, Zach will get a kick out of this if they if they listen to this. But what Apple, in my opinion, what Apple should do, is make a MacBook that's a Surface Pro. Yeah.
1: minus a stupid
3: ass kickstand. No, I think I the kickstand keyboard. That. I think it's so dumb. But but that I'm saying that would be my that would solve my problem.
1: But have you used a, a Windows 10 or a Windows 11 tablet or a Chrome tablet, a touch interface and a laptop interface or just two widely different creatures. I think that's where Apple on the software side is smart to shoebox those two things away from each other for now. Maybe they can figure it out where nobody else has been able to, but right now, nobody's been able
3: to. They're, they're not, I'm telling you, they're not going to. And if they, I'm sure that they have, and they're just not gonna ship it. Maybe. If there's gonna be fake, fake limitations fake, that they're imposing upon themselves, whatever, because they have to hold themselves to a higher standard and not give the, their users what they actually want. But that, it's neither here nor there. I, my, my previous statement is still true. I'm a sucker. There's no reason for me to. Have-
1: yes, but you explained why you're a sucker and that makes it a great answer.
0: But and also I would I would say um, Apple will give what the people want when they decide they want to give it to the people.
1: And when do they decide, Truthy? Whenever. <laughs> when it's profitable.
0: When it's profitable, that's what I meant to say. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's why they're in the position they're in when it comes to money. Yeah. You can't knock them for it.
0: Okay, let's talk about uh, two very fun companies, Uh, (laughs) MediaTek and Qualcomm. Okay, so uh, Michael wrote a news article a couple of days ago called, uh, it's titled MediaTek Beats Qualcomm to the Punch with Dimensity 9.0. 9,200 chip for 2023 Android flagships. That's a big deal. That's kind of a big deal. So basically MediaTek, as you might know, is uh, the alternative chipset manufacturer. Um, they have, you know, various uh, partnerships with Xiaomi, OnePlus. Uh, is it Oppo or Oppo?
1: Either or. I've heard both.
2: Yeah, I go with Oppo.
0: Oppo. Yeah, Oppo, uh, Asus, and Vivo. Um and so they've they've announced their Dimensity 9, uh 9200. Um it's got a, a whole bunch of features like uh MMA 5G and Wi-Fi 7. Uh more brands may choose to adopt the Snapdragon 8 rival instead is what uh Michael wrote. Now, you guys know what my article is about, so let's not like uh, uh let's not let's not, <laughs> you know, talk about that too much cuz I want people to read my article eventually. <laughs> But what are your thoughts about this?
1: (laughs) You know what? I can only go based on the other devices I've used with the MediaTek chip. Uh, As far as Chromebook, ultra lightweight laptop space, they had a lot of work to do. I hope they did it. Uh, The Chromebooks I've used with the MediaTek chip were meh at best. Uh, Supposedly... They're also brought out a chip specialized for laptops or, or, or going to, and hopefully this episode is put out after any embargo would lift. I probably shouldn't have said anything, but anyway, it, <laughs> there, there was a lot of work to be done in that space. Uh, on the phone side, I've used phones with a more budget minded media chip and it was better than Qualcomm's budget offerings. I don't mean necessarily for the cellular radios. It's tough to beat Qualcomm in that area. But as far as device performance, MediaTek was better than Qualcomm, and this was two years ago. So there was room to improve, apparently, so hopefully this is even better.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, Jerry, and whoever else wants to chip in, but we've always kind of seen media tech be known as more of the cheaper, uh, option in the market when it comes to chipsets. Um, whether now, whether or not they, they have marketed themselves as that, or if they like, does it it kind of, does it seem like they're trying to be like, not uh, a cheap company anymore? Does that make sense? Did that question come across right?
2: Yeah, it did. Okay. (laughs) I feel like they're trying to like, it's hard because they, yes, they have been seen as like the the low cost alternative, but I think that has played to their favor. um and i I don't like I don't mis- I think that they want to sort of keep that, you know feel, but like i don't I don't know. like they're they're obviously trying to compete with Qualcomm um, in the higher end now. And I think that um, It's sort of a good thing that they are seen as the lower cost alternative because, you know, when you're trying to build a flagship and, you know, keep its price down, but still give it good performance, you know, maybe you'll look at MediaTek instead of Qualcomm and you'll potentially get, you know, similar or maybe even better performance, depending. Um, So, like, I, I can see how, like, that sort of, mentality of like oh MediaTek is the you know the cheap qualcomm like i can see how that can hurt them but it can also um benefit them i think
1: yeah i, I agree i was gonna say basically the same thing it's a a double-edged sword uh it's my understanding that MediaTek chips are substantially cheaper than qualcomm chips you know in in all spaces from the low end to the high end uh, i don't build phones so i don't know if that's true but that's what i've been told Uh. But that did, you you saw Mediatek chips and lots and lots of super cheap phones, and that made consumers equate Mediatek with the stuff that's inside cheap things. And now that's an image that they're going to have to try to buck if they expect you to buy a $1,200 phone with a Mediatek chip inside.
2: But at the same time, I mean, now that we know that, you know, the MediaTek chip is powering um, the P- PlayStation VR two. Um, that could help, you know, boost yeah. their uh, their uh, you know how people see the company.
1: Right, but for each person that knows that the, the PSVR two is powered by MediaTek, right? Those same people also know that the cheap phone you get free from boost mobile also has a mediatek helio (laughs) processor in it and it's not strong enough to play words with friends so those two things kind of cancel themselves out and that's something mediatek's marketing has to figure out not not the technology department i think they've got it sorted but it's the marketing that has to get around the the cheap tag that is associated with the company
0: Okay, but then the thought is: then does it end up becoming like a company like Samsung, where you have, you know, your flagship high-end phones, your powerhouse devices, but then you also have lower-end, budgetary, like budget phones. But when people see Samsung, they don't necessarily say, "Oh, it's a it's a rich company," or it's like it's an expensive company. Uh, But when they look at Samsung, they also don't say, "Oh, it's a cheap company," like it's a budget company. Do you think that that's sort of the level that MediaTek needs to strive for where they have that balance? You I,
2: know? Yeah, because I think right now it's kind of the opposite um, end where MediaTek is more like Motorola, where they focus on the lower end and the cheap stuff. And then they have a few, you know, flagship things, but no one really cares. Um, and so, yeah, MediaTek kind of needs to flip that script.
0: All right. Well, we'll see what MediaTek does. Um you know, Media Tech if you're listening, if you want to come on the pod and talk to us about your. Yeah,
1: Brad, you need to come on our podcast and <laughs> talk-, yes, talk. Brad Mullen, oh, you gosh. need to come on our podcast. We need to talk. Have your people call our people. Have your no, people just, call our people. Just I'll call you. I'll, t- I'll Twitter you. <laughs> OK, oh, um,
0: let's take a quick break and we'll be right back, guys. One thing that I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed helps star applicants shine before the interview with over 135 graded assessment tests they can take from cooking to coding. I swear if I had this when I was trying to apply for a job, it would make my life so much easier and it would just set me apart from everyone else. Truly Indeed helps you see your top talent's abilities in a flash by adding any of the 135 graded assessment tests to your job posts. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applicants that match your must-have job requirements. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Visit indeed.com slash ACP to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash ACP. That's Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, uh, I want to talk about... Derek, you've been doing a lot of reviews recently, and the review that you most recently did was the Fossil Gen 6 Wellness Edition review. Fossil's best-looking Wear OS smartwatch can't go the distance. Okay, uh, that's a, that's a hefty, hefty statement to make. You gave the watch a 3.5 stars out of five. Uh, your hero image is um, epic. Everyone who is going to read the article, will they definitely have to check that out. But no, this I isn't... It, this I is mean, a, it's me. This is an interesting statement oh, that Jesus. you're making.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's me. I mean, all. I mean, come on. All of my reviews have me as the hero image.
0: <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah, if That's a good thing was or a bad thing. That's why. Epic I mean,
2: because I'm epic. Come on, look at me. <laughs> okay.
0: Guns ablazing. All right. Um, this is a big take because you know. We, uh, we've been talking about all the alternative smartwatches that, uh, are going to get, start, you know, getting Wear OS 3. Um, and this was one of the watches and you've always been a fossil, you know, fanboy, Uh, you've, you've loved their watches. Uh, so I'm surprised that you gave it the score and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wondering if you can uh, elaborate on that a little bit.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I do like this watch a lot. It's you know, when when they first announced it, I, I was just kind of blown away at how great it looks, um, especially the silver variant that just looks so, like, nice and premium. And it's, you know, it has these curved edges, and it's almost like a Pixel watch, but, like, without the crazy bezels. Um, um
0: Just a quick question. Does it feel cheap, or does it feel, like, No. Nice. It feels,
2: like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. 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 Like, it's stainless steel, and it feels like it's very... Matt, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it does not feel cheap at all. Um, it doesn't feel like super premium, but like it does. Uh, it definitely doesn't feel cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so and it
1: feels like Mediatek, is what you know,
2: <laughs> no, no. It, it's like it's 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 closer to the higher end, you know, in terms of how it feels. Um, but I just I think, you know, it's a really streamlined design of fossils. Uh, like their Gen 6, it was okay, um, but it just had a lot going on. This is just more streamlined and simpler, um, and it kind of almost reminds me of, like, a Pixel Watch meets a Galaxy Watch 5. Um, So design-wise, it's really great. I love it. Um, What I also love is, you know, Wear OS 3. It's my first time with uh, Google's new um, update, and... um, it's a lot nicer, like just in general than Wear OS two. like the animations, um, just feel just great across the UI. Um, like it's, it's very slick. Um, there's, I don't really notice much in the way of like, you know, the, the watch like freezing up on me or anything, you know, apps sometimes will take a second to load and that can kind of be annoying, but like. As far as just navigating the watch, it's pretty, like, I, I just like how it feels. Um, not only that, but like, going back to the hardware, the, uh, the crown, that is probably my favorite thing about this watch. Cause like, the, like Motorola, or sorry, uh, Fossil always has like crowns on their, uh, like rotating crowns on their watches. But this one, for like, it's just so smooth. I mm. I don't know how to describe it other than just smooth. Like just using it is just just makes navigating this watch so easy, and it just like it's like it's like butter, mm. and um, and it only complements you know just how well Wear OS three um just handles on this watch um in terms of like just animations and transitions you know between screens and whatnot, um. So yeah, I. Generally, mostly, I I enjoy this watch. Now, um, the problems that I have with it are, you know, problems that I have with, like, the Skoggin Falster Gen 6, which I also reviewed. Um, And, you know, I think pretty much all the other Gen 6 smartwatches kind of suffer from this problem and its battery life. Um, And that's why I say it can't go the distance, because... It literally can't...
0: you literally can't go the distance. <laughs> right. I have,
2: to char- I have to charge this thing um, like once or twice a day, um, depending on how I'm using it. I usually use it in like just the regular, you know, smartwatch mode, not like the extended mode that um, Fossil has. Um, so like, you know, always on display, um, you know, tilt to wake. Um, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I'm up at five in the morning. You know, I, I do my workout. I have it track my workout. Um, which I also, you know, I'll get to that in a sec, but, um, you know, and I'll, I'll get home and, you know, just kind of use it throughout the day. Um, and yeah, it dies pretty fast. Um, Wait,
0: here, here's my, the thought that I have whenever people talk to me about battery life for watches, because, um, I don't sleep with my, my, uh, smartwatch. Um, oh, I do. Okay. So that's, that, that's the thing. Do people actually sleep with their smartwatch? Cause, I know there's people who like to track their sleeping, but like, like I find it very uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> I definitely do. Um, I, yeah. I like to track my sleeping. I don't really find it uncomfortable. Um, I, I do have friends. I actually asked a friend yesterday and he was like, yeah, I can't sleep with a watch because, you know, I just find it very uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I sleep with the watch. I sleep with my aura ring. Um, they both track my sleep.
1: Um, do the two fight each other in your sleep?
2: <laughs> um, you know, sometimes when they um when I check Google Fit for like the information, um you know, sometimes it'll take the Fossil sleep tracking and sometimes it'll take the Aura. That's
1: what I meant. Yeah, do they Um,
2: it's very interesting. So, I I, I kind of got used to like um especially while I was testing this watch just like taking off my Aura ring so that I can just just get the Fitbit information or sorry, the Fossil information um yeah that 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 was pretty funny but um yeah i i like w- one thing and i think i i've never used a pixel watch um and i'm not sure if you're going to test this andrew but um from what i've heard that the pixel watch like like you need at least like 30 battery to like if you want to track your sleep or something
3: yeah, the Apple Watch, yeah the apple watch is like that too that's why they have yeah that's why both they, the, all the three big ones do like that fast, rapid charging for 30 minutes right. or whatever, because it should get you enough charge to last through the night.
2: Yeah. But like probably with the, fo-
3: they listen.
2: But with the fossil watch, probably, um, with the fossil watch, um, like I'll go to sleep and I think like it'll, like it never, I never have a pro, like it doesn't tell me that I need a certain amount of battery to track my sleep. Like I'll just do it and like I'll have like, I'll go to sleep with, like, 60% battery, and then I'll wake up with, like, 40%. Um, wow. Like, I think it, like, like today, I think it used, when I did the calculation, it used, like, maybe 18% battery while I was
1: asleep. Then it's listening to. And, and I don't mean anything nefarious. Listening to the ambient noise in the room and your breathing and that kind of stuff, it uses that data. That, that's I'm not, the I'm not sure up. if the
2: fossil can do that,
1: but um, well, something's eating 18% some- <laughs> battery while you're laying still,
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure, but um, it like w- what I do, like, so yeah, the battery life sucks, um, and you know, I was really hoping, you know, especially with Wear OS 3, that you know, it would be at least a little better, um, but. Yeah, what I do love is that, you know, fossil has very, very fast charging. So like, you know, I'll wake up, have like, you know, maybe five percent battery life, and then I'll uh throw it on the charger, I'll get ready, you know, I'll you know, I try to be out the house by like five fifteen um or five twenty and I'll look at the watch and it'll pretty much be almost full. And it's 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 almost shocking to me just how quickly it like it fills up like the Skoggin was the same way and it it, i it never ceases to like amaze me just how fast this thing charges
0: so uh, i wanted to go back to that conversation about um the aura ring and uh your watch data i'm wondering if if have you compared the two data before, like both of them and to see like. Thank you. I was going to ask how accurate they are, or, you know, against each other. I, I'm considering that they are two companies and tracking the same thing.
2: You know what? I have not. Um, yeah, I haven't. I think since I've been wearing this watch, I've paid very little attention to the aura. Um, and partly that's because like the aura is so low key that I just forget that I have it on. So that's something I will definitely look at. But they can't um, both
1: record at the same time, can they? That's going to make it difficult for a direct comparison. You got to um, think of a way. You need two I, no, phones. I, I,
2: like, I, they, they definitely, like, they both have their own, like, Fossil, you know, because of Wear OS 3, Fossil has its own companion app. And so, like, you know, it records its data oh, on okay. that, on wellness. Um so i can see fossils data there and like not even like think about google fit um aura also has like its own thing where you know it records its data on its own app um so i can see the data there so that that's something i'm you know now that you bring it up please, please do that
1: and and write an article about it
0: yeah i would I be would very interested that. yeah i would be so interested in reading that that would be I, so I, so interesting
1: fine
2: i'll do it Uh, (laughs) oh yeah heaven forbid you have to write something (laughs) but like the one thing that i did sort of um compare or not even really compare was like so when fossil um you know this is called the wellness edition so you know a lot of the focus is on the wellness app and the, the watch's ability to track workouts and I was very disappointed in its ability to do so or lack of ability to do so, because um, it seems like very targeted at just like running. Um, Like if I if I'm fast walking, which, you know, my regular stride, like I just walk very fast. Um, So if I'm like walking or running, it'll, you know, ping me and be like, hey, are you working out? Mm. Um, Which is which is nice. But when I'm doing anything else, like, you know, weightlifting or like, you know, even I I rode my bike a couple times and the watch did not, you know, ping me or anything. Um, but when I checked the Aura Ring, um, when I checked the Aura, the app. Um,
0: it was it, tracking you.
2: It notified, yeah, it notified yeah. me. And it's like, hey, were you cycling?
0: Yeah.
2: And I was like, wow. Like, because sometimes like the Aura Ring does have, um, automatic workout detection and it doesn't really like it's also fairly limited like you know i only notice it really when i'm like running or something but um i was surprised that it tracked my cycling and it like you know told me how long i was doing it and whatnot and i was just like okay that's cool but like i was disappointed that this wellness edition fossil watch you know couldn't track my bike ride mm, you know? Interesting. And that was a very that was a very Difficult bike ride, too, by the way.
0: <laughs> mm, interesting. But, um,
2: so, yeah, I, I was just disappointed. Like, you know, I, I wanted more out of this watch. And, um, you know, it, it does have, you know, it can track my sleep, you know, it has uh, blood oxygen, uh, VO2 max. Uh, you know, uh, I can manually select, you know, an indoor or outdoor workout, but I can't really specify what kind of workout it just always assumes that i'm just gonna run uh, but then later on i can like edit it to like in the app to say that i was actually like weightlifting or something um so it, it has some features some useful features um as far as like workout and health tracking but um just not enough
0: mm i okay so with the aura Ring, is it okay is, it's not just a sleep tracker right like it's an actual it's like tracks your fitness as well from yeah, what i'm yeah. understanding it, okay yeah
2: because it can do automatic you know workout stuff as well um yeah heart rate monitoring um sleep yeah it does, it does a surprising amount for interesting such a small device
0: okay well good to know um i'd like to read an article of you comparing the, the stats on both of those yeah, things, me too. please
2: <laughs> All right. Well, then I will uh, get on that.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, last but not least, I want to get to another review uh, by Andrew. He wrote the Amazon Fire TV Cube review, faster and smarter, but with a couple of caveats. Uh, you gave it a 4.5 stars out of five, which is a, a pretty big, uh, hefty thing. Uh, so tell us a little bit about it. What What are your thoughts?
3: Sorry, uh, it's... The best streaming device that you shouldn't buy. That you shouldn't buy.
0: That you should or you shouldn't buy.
3: Should not buy because nobody oh. needs a streaming device that costs as much money as this one does, with all the ads that it includes. <laughs> My They'll man, don't just rile me up today. Hey,
1: I didn't make that damn thing. I didn't rile you up. But you go, go off.
2: <laughs> you like to you like to poke things with the stick, Jerry.
3: Well. I mean, don't get me wrong. the, the Fire TV Cube and what it is it, it's it's honestly a really good streaming device. I really do like it. Uh, I don't know if I I haven't decided if I'm going to replace my Apple TV with it or not. Um, just because there's some like I run into some compatibility issues when trying to plug in my soundbar to it, and I don't know what the problem is. It's probably operator error because I never owned a soundbar until just a couple months ago. Um, I did tinker around it with a uh, tinker around with it too too much, but it's the same Amazon interface that you get on all, all the Fire TV sticks and everything. Um, but the biggest upgrades come, you know, it's more powerful than the one from 2019, which is to be expected. Uh, it's got Wi-Fi 6E support now, which, for something released in 2022, should be expected. Um, and it's got a bunch of it's got a new HDMI in port on the back which i thought was odd because it's a streaming device and we're in the age of cutting cable but this is mainly for cutting those who still have a cable box because if you plug in like a xbox series x or a ps5 with it and you have a tv that's 120 hertz or whatever it won't it doesn't support that pass through so you're going to be capped at 60 hertz which isn't really probably going to matter to a lot of people, but it is something that I felt was worth pointing out. Um, but yeah, I, I don't uh, like the past. No, I, I I don't either. I tried it and I, I, I got better. I, I got better results pl- plugging my series X back into my TV directly, as opposed to doing That's, the through.
1: Yeah. Always been my, you know, experiences yeah. too.
3: But the USB port on the back is also nice for like, if you have a hard drive or something you know, if you have something to plug in to the TV Cube, you can. Uh, the microphones, even though they cut the number in half, the one the last Fire TV Cube had eight. This one only has four, I believe. At least four that you can see. Um, it is very good about picking up if I say, um, hey, dingus, to wake up and ask it to do something.
1: I'll say it, chicken.
3: I am not going to say it, because it's sitting right next to me.
1: Oh, I thought you didn't say it for the benefit of the people listening.
3: It's a streaming cube that's really good. But as I pointed out in my Fire TV stick 4K Max, god, the names are awful. The the 4K Max review, uh, there's too many damn ads, and I'm tired of it there's ads that you cannot there's ad rows that you cannot remove and they're they're very high, they're highlighted as sponsored so you know what they are you cannot get rid of them no matter what you do and for something that costs a hundred and thirty forty dollars whatever this costs you should be able to get to remove it so something I posed at the near the end of the my review was that maybe it's time for Amazon to consider going down the route of what it does with its fired tablets and you pay X amount of dollars and it's ad supported, you know, with the fire tablets, you get locks, you get lock screen ads or whatever. But if you yeah. pay X amount of dollars, you can get rid of those ads. It's more money, but you don't have to deal with the lock screen ads anymore.
1: And I know, maybe it's we time had, for
3: Amazon to do something similar.
1: We all had this discussion, you know, before. And while I understand why they do it, I'm going to have to agree with Andrew. Like I said, to the consumer, none of the reasons why the, you know, the cost saving measures, none of that matters. If you have to look at ads that are obnoxious, it's just a fail.
3: And I think I forgot to put this, this picture in my review, but I was uh, swapping out lenses to take pictures for the review. And in the downtime, you know, I don't have Amazon Photos set up as my like uh, as my quote-unquote lock screen or whatever you want to call it, screensaver, I guess. Uh, so it showed an ad for an Acura on a device that costs $140 that's plugged into my TV. I don't want to see that. It's bad enough that I got to scroll down and see ads for you know the sponsored apps and games. That's kind of okay because like Discovery Stream. Or, or like Discovery Network and Direct, Direct Direct TV, and like there's those are those are services that I might be interested in based on what's installed. But then there's Vix Plus Movies and TV Shows dash sponsored. Can't do anything with it. You hit the button to like to try and remove it, and all you get is a button that says More Info, and it doesn't give you any more info. The last thing that I would like to point out, and I think I know why they did it, but it still doesn't make too much sense why they wouldn't just release everything. So, Amazon also announced the Alexa Voice Remote Pro, which gives you customized actual customizable buttons versus the, 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 the shortcuts that they have for Netflix and Hulu and Prime Video and Disney Plus. That's what you have on the regular voice remote. Um, the, they're not including it's the most expensive remote with the most expensive streaming device. You gotta pay an extra 35, 40 bucks for that whenever it comes out. It's supposed to come out, I think, next week.
0: Well, obviously, they want they want to get as much money from customers as possible.
3: That and
1: they they would yeah. have to jack the price up. And you've already said the price is a big ask, anyway.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I if you put something
1: like that in the box, they're going to have to charge thirty more bucks for it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you win some, you lose some. It is what it is. So basically, uh, the end result of this conversation is: don't get this device because it's too expensive and <laughs> get too many ads. I mean, it's
3: it's really great. It, it really it really is. And uh, something else I pointed out in my fire tablet review and in my TV cube review, I didn't know that there was an official Google Nest Alexa skill for me to well, I said the word.
0: No oh.
3: uh, uh-huh. for me to show my nest camera both on the TV. Yeah I know. To show it my nest camera on the TV. Did oh,
0: it go off? Didn't go off. Oh, thank god. Mm. Uh, well, you know,
1: yeah. what what's isn't this the one that hardware upscales video to 4K? Like uh, if yeah, you're watching a how
3: would that look? I didn't notice any difference, which is why well, I didn't talk means, about it. That means yeah,
1: that means it looked good then.
3: Like I didn't I don't know. It, I didn't notice any difference with it. That's why I didn't mention it and I, I should have that's, that's a good thing. Back on it,
1: but... No, not saying it is even that's a that's a better review. You didn't even mention it. You never even knew it was happening. That means it was great.
0: I want to talk about the thing that I love asking you guys every week, which is what made you happy this past week?
1: Uh, Can I say something stupid? Sure. But it's not stupid to me. I got a little box in the mail yesterday. Well, it wasn't really a box. It was a paper towel roll with saran wrap over the ends and rubber band on it wrapped up in brown paper. And it was from my granddaughters. (laughs) And and inside were some pages from a coloring book and some drawings and four Tootsie Rolls. And it just said to Grandpa with my address on it. And I don't know that I've ever been that happy before. (laughs)
0: No, that's not even stupid. I don't know why you think that's stupid. That's amazing.
1: To me, it wasn't stupid, but I thought a lot of people say, "Well, that's dumb." He got excited over tootsie rolls. I ate the tootsie rolls, but the drawings are cool, and I don't know. Just the fact that there is another human being out there that wants to send me something in the mail was kind of cool.
0: I think that's so sweet. I love it. I'm glad that you are. You got that. That's that must have made you feel very special. It
1: did. It did. I don't Good. like feeling special.
0: Yeah, you should. <laughs> okay. Who who wants to go next?
3: Uh, on Monday, my wife and I celebrated our one-year wedding anniversary. And <gasps> we are going to the beach tonight. Oh, that's so fun. So I be, love that. I'll be working from the beach tomorrow, but then we'll be in. We we'll won't be coming back until Tuesday.
0: Oh, that's so fun. I love that. Yay. Yeah. We,
3: tell, we...
1: tell her I said congratulations. And then I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: we all um, are. Yeah, that's,
3: yeah. Um, and then we actually went down to where we got married on Monday because it's about 30 minutes from our, our house right now. Uh, and there was a wedding happening.
0: That's with the good same, luck. With
3: the, same, with the same layout on the same date.
0: Oh, that's so nice.
3: And it was, I just thought, like, I've heard people say it's kind of dumb. I'm like, I thought it was cool. Like, I'm not the big sack. Or whatever, but
0: I thought that that was kind of cool that I somebody else was cool.
3: having the wedding on our wedding day. Even though it was weird that it was on a Monday.
0: No, well, isn't it cheaper on a on a off day, like not on the weekend?
3: I didn't deal with any of that. Um, <laughs> Smart man. I I, I just participate I just showed up.
1: And did you shake your head and say that sounds great, baby?
3: Every time. There you go. <laughs> I that's why you lasted a year. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep my mouth shut and go along with everything. Yeah. Please. I pray to God she doesn't listen to
0: that. <laughs> All right. Derek, your turn.
2: Uh I mean, uh, there's a couple things actually surprisingly that like I'm pretty happy about lately. Uh last time I was on the podcast, they talked about my uh keto diet, which ended um at the end of October. And uh I mean I I don't know how successful it was, but I, I mean, I lost seven pounds and, uh, I don't know. You looked I, like, you
0: looked great on your Halloween costume. Uh,
2: I know. So, uh, I, <laughs> I think, you know, like now that I look in the mirror, like I'm, I'm actually impressed with what I see. So I'm just like, all right, you're like, this worked out, you know, it's the third time I've done this diet and I hate it still, but like it works every time. So, um, there's that, um, also, my, uh oh, I, I posted my first, like, this is super random. I posted my first reel about a week ago on Instagram, oh. and I got over a 100,000 likes in a week, and I, I don't know, just something about that. I'm just, like, I feel like such a creator now, like.
0: Feeling motivated? Because,
2: <laughs> like, every time I check, every time I open Instagram, it's, a, like, 100 plus more likes.
0: Oh, wow. Um, uh, are you yeah, sure you didn't
2: so, buy any are you sure you didn't buy those legs <laughs> <laughs> like i i just i'm just like oh my gosh and then my second reel like only got like five thousand, but still like that's that's know, still pretty good I, I was like all right you know i could i could you know make something of this so you know android center might want to you know hire me to handle the social um <laughs> <laughs> but um and then the last thing um yesterday you know uh, the eighth uh, so two days ago was my baby brother's birthday and he turned 13 and I feel like such an old man
0: <laughs> oh teenage years that's gonna be yes and he's a Scorpio fun. so oh god <laughs>
2: yeah um but like and I called him and I was like you know happy birthday you know and he, he was just so uninterested in my call so
1: <laughs> yeah, he was like shut up old man exactly <laughs> I
2: was just like god like damn like he's just like he's such a teenager but <laughs> i can't really complain i was the same way so
0: good good well i'm happy that you're happy um okay i have a couple of things as well so i think it was a couple of weeks ago that i had mentioned that we were getting a puppy or no, i can't remember if it was but um we've officially had jiggy for almost two weeks now and uh, The thing that makes me the most happy about him, well, obviously he's healthy and he's eating and he has a good schedule and he's like regulated and all of that. But what makes me really happy is um I've been training him, you know, uh, like helping him, you know, be better on his leash and like making him feel comfortable in his space and stuff like that. And it's really, really fascinating. I love learning new skills, but like when i see that i'm doing something and i'm helping something else and i can see results it's such a satisfying feeling and it it's so crazy to see how smart dogs are it's just like this most incredible experience this feeling um so it's it's really nice to see like how he's able to pick up things really quickly. And it's, I love it. So that's the first thing that's making me happy. The second thing is, um, I've been reading this book, uh, by this very, very, um, amazing philosopher. His name is Eckhart Tolle. The book is called the power of now. And it's, I'm a very spiritual person, but this book, uh, really talks about, you know, being more present, being more spiritual, you know, just thinking, uh, as yourself as, as not as important in this world, but the fact that, you know, there's so much more around you and how you can stay present, uh, you know, with all of that and not have to deal with like these horrible negative thoughts that we tend to get. Um, so that that's been making me really happy. And then, um, what else? The fact that I'm actually sleeping again, because the first week that we had jiggy, I barely slept. <laughs> so it's great. I get to sleep again. So I'm really happy, but yeah, those are the things that made me happy. And on that note, I will say, thank you so much to our listeners, wherever you're listening, uh, to us from uh whether it's in the morning afternoon or night thank you so much we really really care about you guys and we love that you listen to us so thank you so much and we will catch you guys next week bye
1: you
2: later bye